Well, the record button has been pressed, so it is time for... Joel's finding the flow. Like, real philosophical sort of discussions. You know when people get high? <laughs> it's pure Joel. Don't count your fans before they hit. But, we hit a flow in the um, I think I'm open the mind with. I think I'm gonna hit. Finding the flow with Joel Franklin. Today's guest is part two of uh, interview with Todd, my brother. Let me turn that down a little bit. Part two of my interview with my brother. Um, it was uh, this this second half. I, ho- I hope you enjoyed the first half, where it got kind of technical, I guess. Uh, we talked about and, and historical about computers, um, and now I think uh, the second half has a lot of uh, new things. Hmm. Let's try this again. Well, well, the record button has been pressed, so it is time for. Seems to be going somewhere. Joel's finding the flow. Like real philosophical sort of discussions. You know when people get high. <laughs> it's pure Joel. Don't count your fans before they hit. <laughs> but, we hit a flow in the conversation. Um, I think I'm open I mean, your I'm in my mind head. with. I think I'm gonna hit. Finding the flow with Joel Franklin. Today's guest is Todd, my brother, part two of my two-part uh, interview with Todd. Do you hear the peaceful white noise? Now you might think that uh, you're hearing just a lot of dead air, but really, listen to all this stuff going on. I mean, first of all, there's some sort of fan. I don't know what the head is. But then, 
Got crickets chirping. Got the sounds of the night, the sounds of summer nights. Just listen to it for a while. Maybe meditate a little bit on it. Find your zen. I'm sounding like Scott right now, but um, I don't know how often I actually really do meditate. But I think that it's a good thing. I used to pray when I was younger. Like, for real play, pray. I don't know how to explain that, but... Um, I still believe in prayer. Whether the whole, you know, what I'm praying to might change. Or maybe even that I'm not praying to anything, but it's just that it really prayer is meditation. And meditation is something we need once in a while. We need to just stop thinking. Or be introspective, maybe. And be thankful for what we have. So, whatever you would do to meditate or to, 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 you know, change your brain pattern for a little while. Change what you're doing. Get yourself out of whatever you're doing right now and just kind of have a moment. Do it right now. While you're listening to this night sounds plus a fan. <laughs> Alright, I'll give you, I'll give you a minute. Maybe, maybe two. <laughs> well, I hope you enjoyed that meditation session. I enjoyed it. But, it was, you know, dead air is, is hard on, on the, this, which I feel like is kind of like radio, because I don't edit too much. And, uh, and it was very hard to hold that. But I just let myself go. So, I, you know, and I hope you guys did too. Um, I, I thought it was funny that those cars came by you know and that was definitely hard to meditate over that but then there was part of me that also kind of felt like the sound of those cars is almost like the sound of like waves in the ocean it's like you know they just come by every once in a while they come and they go 
Um, just like all things come and go. So anyways, I'm uh, being kind of, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's really late on uh, Saturday night. Um, I'm just getting a podcast done. Uh, it is the second half of the interview with Todd. Um, I, uh, I, um, I enjoyed Chris's podcast. I say good luck with school. Um, you're going to need it. <laughs> I, I'm sure you're going to have fun. I've always had fun in school. I mean, even, even if it's kind of like gets you all stressed thinking about all the, the work to do, it, there's nothing like going to school. It, it, it is, it is fun. I think overall to just be in that environment. Um, and, uh, Dan, I am super sorry about your, your finger. Um, and, uh, but I also think, uh, the humor that is starting to spring up from it on Facebook is hilarious. The Lucy Lou thing. And then, and then Chris putting Lucy Lou's face on, on her, on, on the picture with your finger. Oh my God, that was funny. Uh, and uh it was it was perfect it was so perfect so yeah i am sorry about your finger um and uh but it it also i i just i feel like i like the good that came out of it has been totally outweighed by by hopefully any of the negative that's going to come out of that so either way uh happy healing um you got a good story on your hands now you know, you got you got to really think about how to make that, you know, really exciting. Like, um, you know, something you can tell your grandkids. You know, grandkids, you know, the reason why I don't have any fingerprint on my my uh, on the tip of my middle finger. Well, I cut it off. You want to know how? And then you just got to fill in the gap. Uh, you know, maybe, I don't know whether you'd be motivated or not. It's not my territory to ask you to do it, but. If you would like to juice up the story, I would be more than happy to hear it. Uh, anyways, there comes another wave. Uh, the cars. Just in and out, like the ocean. It's kind of like, uh, you know, it's just a fact of life. you got highways and shit, and, you know, and that's the sounds now. They say that... Uh, um, the sounds in the ocean are completely polluted. Like, uh, it used to be that you could hear, like, a whale from hundreds and thousands of miles. Or, well, I don't, that's, I don't, I think that's bigger than the freaking world. But, but, you know, uh, uh, hundreds of miles. Um, and, uh, now, like, with all the ships and everything that's in the water, you can't hear anything. I mean, we've definitely invaded the, the sound of this world, um, you know, we all adapt, I mean, like now, it's just, I mean, can we say, okay, no more cars, no, I mean, can we try to make them quieter, yes, but, you know, is it going to be easy to do that, no, so, in the meantime, we will deal with the sound of cars. And the pollution, sound pollution of big tanker ships and stuff in the ocean. <laughs> ah, I love, I love uh, bouncing moods on, on um, finding the flow, having no plan. Basically, I had no time to have a plan. Um, 
I had a pretty busy day today. It was it was fun. I uh, I'm um, having crazy weeks at work. Uh, Fridays are terrible for for a while because we're getting a new guy, and so Fridays I have to work from like three in the morning till about six. Um, and it's been about three or four Fridays in a row now doing that, and it's this hot summer weather. It's 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 not easy, but. Yet, funny enough, things have never looked so optimistic on the farm, so that's kind of ironic. Um, we got a new guy, and we pretty much have a pretty solid set of personnel now. No one's really not liking each other too much. Every, everything's working pretty well. Everyone's kind of focused on doing a good job, and it's nice. There's another wave... I, th- I like I kind of like the ocean as well because it's completely unpredictable and you just gotta let it go. But then when it clears up, there's those crickets again. So either way, um, second half with Todd. Uh, it's, I I haven't listened to it in a while, but um, it uh, I'm pretty sure I we started talking about um, the '80s, uh, just like. Since he he's you know over forty now he's he's seen you know he's been around and and uh you know just uh, he was his generation's a little little earlier I think he's kind of technically generation X or whatever and I just wanted to find out his his uh, experiences during that and um, and also we talked a little about family. So I hope you enjoy um, my interview with my brother Todd, part two. Love you all, guys. Hope to hear some more. Hope to hear something from Scott. And I second, uh, I want to hear something from Winkler. Let's hear another one, Winkler. And I'm going to have you as a, a guest pretty soon. Uh, uh, well, I, I, w- I will try to have you as a guest pretty soon um, if, you, if you would like to be. Okay, see you. Oh. You know, you see, uh, we were driving home the other day out in the middle of the sticks here, and there's some kid uh, wandering along the side of the country road with his face in his, you know, in his, in his phone. Yeah, yeah. And imagine, you know, so imagine that fucking. No matter where he goes. Imagine that kid, like, just. I mean, not even that long ago, maybe eight years ago, he'd just be kicking the the rocks down the road or something, you know? Right. Yeah. Sure. Sure. <laughs> Yeah, and who knows what uh, what what's uh you know thing? But then again, not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, probably better off him him playing out than than having his head stuffed in the computer. But it's just natural. We just naturally are attracted to this stuff, you know. Yeah. Sure. Uh, uh, almost in an addictive way. I mean, it, it's hard to. Well, know. it is addictive. I mean, they've proven that, like uh, Facebook, when you troll around on Facebook, and I'm guilty of it. Everybody, you know. But um, you know, sometimes you know, like you hear that. You know, they even design it that way to be uh, addictive. You know, when you hear that little doo doo, you know, you know, oh, what did somebody say about me? Yeah, and, you, and, got, and, and you, you got you have this urge to go do- over and then and then the, and look, then the dope the dopamine dopamine rush. Yeah, a little wh- bit of a squirt, a little squirt of dopamine. You know, and just <laughs> like you know, some a gambling addict might get that same squirt of dopamine from pulling the you know pulling the uh, lever and they, machine. Yeah, you know, and then they hear know, ding ding ding. Right. Yeah. I mean, oh, it's, okay. 
And I know, I know that feeling. I mean, it's, it's so, it's so tough. You know, I was just looking at apps at, like today and I was doing app shopping and it's all games. And I was like, I saw one, I was like, Ooh, I could get drawn into that one. Ooh, I could get drawn into that one. But I mean, like, like after being on the farm now and I work like, like s- s- over 60 hours a week, like I fucking don't have time for it. You know, you just get, you get, um, kind of, you know, you, you'll, you, you, you start to really organize your life when you, when you lose time, you know? And so shit like, like those games, uh, that I would like, I would level up to 25 levels and feel like I accomplished something, you know, Sarah, who, who totally is outside of that world will see me and she'll just think like, I'm just sitting in front of a screen and being a zombie. And then I'm acting like I've accomplished something, you know what I mean? Right. And, well, I think that there's, um, there's something to be said for human contact. I mean, we've kind of had that uh, issue with, uh, with Alex, my son, and, uh, yeah. you know, he, he kind of just is plugged in all the time, you know, whether it's on his phone or in, in his computer, and it's not, you know... It's, it's you know, his it's generation, like man. Yeah, well, it's not like he's even on Facebook or Twitter. I mean, he's more into uh, RPG, you know, role, uh, role-playing games. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Stuff, yeah, and that, know, that's... I mean, it takes up all of his time, every bit of it. Yeah, know? that's so fantasy, man. Hopefully, now that he's in school, he's, he's getting a little more... Um, coming out of his shell a little bit but uh. yeah totally i mean it's it's um it's hard because you know i mean well yeah i mean school basically you know i had that same deal you know i could have been him i was him you know for for a couple years in high school you know uh except for the obligations you know socially or whatever i would spend all the rest of the time just screwing off playing video games if i had a chance you know now the only video game fantasy i got now is like like getting breaking my leg that's the only th- scenario i can see where i could do what i did when i was a kid or or i run the, won, won the lottery or something and didn't have to work ever again you know what i mean right yeah There's i mean th- I, I don't um wonder i kind of avoid uh video games because i'm add enough to where i mean it's bad enough having uh facebook and email yeah. And, and, yeah. and other stuff uh to distract my uh um attention but i'm add enough to where you know if, boy, if i start getting into a video game i'll really get into it and then i won't get any work done you know? yeah yeah it's so. a it's it's just the cons, constant whip on your back when you're the when you're the breadwinner right man. you know so i've gotten more and more removed uh from video games yeah, and it's tough. Over the years, you know? and and I mean, speaking and of video games, you've kind of uh, come, you've grown like through the history of video games. You know, you you you've kind of like um, since you were born in 1970, you've seen like most of it. You know, yeah, pretty At, much. Uh, yeah. Like like, what's one of your earliest video game memories? Oh, probably you know, asteroids. Asteroids. When was that? Uh, late 70s. Late seventy, late seventies, really. Like, where did you see them? Where did where did they start popping up? Probably, you know, the video games really got popular in the early eighties. Yeah. At you know, Pac Man and Donkey Kong. Yeah. You know, those are the big ones, and that was the you know, Donkey Kong got Nintendo started. Yep. You know, Donkey Kong, and then later on, Super Mario Brothers. You know. Yep. But uh, yeah, I mean, Atari was huge and I mean um, and it's funny because uh, we so because we were um, not wealthy by any means but yeah. we always ended up with stuff later but it was funny you know when we got an Atari 
after Atari wasn't cool anymore, and you could buy a console and 20 video games for like five bucks at a yard sale somewhere. And yeah. Now they're cool again. I mean, with eBay, you know, you might, you know what I mean? And, yeah. Uh, video nostalgia, the, uh, those are actually worth something again. Yeah, that's it's hilarious. Um, it's 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 funny. I mean, I I remember. I, I don't know if the Atari that I mean that that's getting into the times when I was I was around. I remember our Atari. Uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, that was kind of how how we were. We would always get it afterwards. But then again, it was video game consoles were basically in a way a a a um, rich man poor man kind of deal. Like I mean like we even being poor were able to manage enough to get a council and then a few games i mean you've got basically a lot of entertainment for for you know from poor kids you know i mean you could you can get a lot of hours out of those that's true i mean bang for your buck i guess it would be um yeah but uh yeah video games that uh, uh i mean i remember coleco vision probably don't remember uh, were the, were they the ones that I mean I think I've seen like remakes of them where they're like these little kind of Game Boy things but they only have like one game and uh, and they make like noises Actually, noises uh, like they console like kind of like you know Sega and Nintendo I oh mean, it was it was Atari and Coleco and uh, there were a couple others um, gosh it's hard you know that's thirty over thirty years ago. Yeah, so uh, maybe maybe anything else you could think of, like like what about uh, music during that time? Like, what was your what was the real scene where you started getting getting like into it? You know, like like you had like um, I don't know when you first became like really aware of the music scene. Um, probably. Well, I mean, obviously, I I remember hearing stuff on the radio when I was really young. The radio was a lot bigger. Um, Medium, so a lot bigger a medium than it is now. I think. I mean, I think radio has still got a, a role to play. But yeah, um, but now it's getting eaten up by podcasts. I, I don't know if you've listened to much, but podcasts are are, are starting to replace radio. Well, I mean, yeah, but you can't you can't tune into a podcast in your car. I mean, unless you, you know what I mean. I mean, yeah. I mean, uh, but you could hook it up to your car. I mean, I I know what you mean. It it basically podcasts are like you know like the TiVo of of radio. Yeah, I mean, uh, or the Netflix. Uh, digital media is kind of going that way, but um, but radio, you know, uh, top forty was still a big thing. AM radio was still big uh, for music. You know, you kind of had uh, pop radio on the AM side and. Um, more uh, audiophile type stuff on the FM side. There wasn't as much of you know news talk radio, what you would call that now. There wasn't that much of that. There were, I think, there was some sports radio, but you know, it was um, it was you know different back then. And, and radio was a lot bigger, I think, uh, nationwide than it is now. Obviously, here in these you know more rural areas, radio is uh, uh, I don't know. I guess it's hard. It wasn't as, uh, I don't think it was as format driven as it is now either. So, so there was, there was less commercials, more music. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, it just seems to me that, I mean, there were stupid pop songs, but I remember when, you know, um, you know, Paul McCartney and Wings were top, 
top 20 and you know, that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah, totally. Um, like, 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 I mean, yeah, like, think about some of those, like, what was on the radio, you know? I mean, like, uh, is there anything else that comes to mind? Well, yeah, I remember when uh, the Bee Gees were cool. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, was it the disco stuff? Yeah, the, all the disco stuff, and that was cool. And uh, I remember when uh, Blondie and uh, the Talking Heads and that kind of the, the new, new wave punk kind of became new wave and uh, you know a little bit of progressive right you know in the 80s 80s is a real fertile time i think for music um you know you had bands like the police and the talking heads and well not the talking heads it's just talking heads yeah 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 um, totally yeah 80s seems to be i mean that, that was also the growth of, of video games it was like it was like a big commercial time you know what i mean it was it, it, everyone was getting a taste of everything and so 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 the markets were all growing and probably that that made it so it was the heyday for for a lot of uh mediums a lot of indus, industries and entertainment well the 80s were uh the golden really the golden age of um Con- con- consumerism right no, I mean rock video. I oh, mean, yeah, yeah, know, MTV. MTV started that, and I mean, we didn't really have MTV, but MTV spawned all these, you know, for a while there. I mean, it used to be after you got out of school, there would be tons of cartoons and stuff on, but uh, for a while there, for a brief period, there would be four or five different uh, video shows, you know, little half-hour shows. Uh, Casey Kasem even had, like, a top, you know, top 20 or top, you know, uh um, I forget, you know, but Casey Kasem even had one on the weekends, you know, and it was all rock videos. They would show the, uh, you know, rock videos were huge. And now they're, uh, rock videos kind of had their heyday. Uh, they kind of fizzled out in the 90s, yeah. especially when, you know, MTV stopped being MTV, really. MTV yeah, like like all, all day. It was like a radio station with videos, you know. It really was. And then, and then DH1 kind of came in and took the place of what MTV decided to move on from that. And then, yeah. DH1 moved on for that, so there's no real video. But I remember when MTV, I mean, in my opinion, MTV was cool. I mean, you know, you had all these rock videos. Well, I mean, it, yeah, totally. I mean, that was the cool thing, especially back then. Uh, I mean, now what it is, it's hard to say, but, but I mean, definitely like, like, I mean, you could say that, it, you know, it was definitely had like a big chunk of time where it was the cool thing. Right. Yeah. I mean. Um, yeah. All through. Pretty much all through the eighties. And and, and at, through its programming. I mean, all the people that came out of the early days of, of MTV were also pretty cool too. Like the Adam Carolla podcast I told you about. He he was kind of a product of the of the early MTV days. It was basically a lot of programming where they would take talent and they would give them very little pay, but they give them kind of creative freedom. You know what I mean? And and so it was like a lot. Uh, it was a gateway for a lot of talent to to get noticed. Well, I mean, uh, I think Carson Daly came out of MTV. Yeah, Carson Daly, uh, uh, Chris Hardwick, Jen, Jenny McCarthy. Um, I, I I know there's a lot more than than that, but but uh, uh, who, who Grace Slick's daughter was uh, was one of the VJs. Okay. Uh, God, what was her name? But anyway, yeah, I mean, actually, Carson Daly's a little younger than me, so he's... Yeah, so so you you basically saw that phenomenon through. Um, you uh, you were kind of, you know, just a little bit late for the uh, the real cool, like, rock days of the late 60s, early 70s. 
but but you you were definitely like your generation was it seems like was that generation the generation of MTV. Yeah, I, I suppose you could say that. I mean, but I mean that music was built on the bed of the '60s and '70s music. You know, I mean. Yeah, I mean, just like everything on the on the shoulders of giants, you know, just like Bill Gates and uh, what's his name, uh, Steve Jobs, they were on the shoulders of, you know. Right. Yeah, I mean, because you look at guys that are respond. I mean, just look at um, guys like Tommy Dowd and um, you know Les Paul and uh, um, you know Chad Atkins and people like that um, from the forties, fifties. But not just as musicians like Tom Dow was always an engineer and later on a yeah producer. yeah so innovators uh, Ahmed Erdogan you know started Atlantic Records I mean those people are uh, working behind the scenes are, are just were critical I mean critical to the development of what yeah, they 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 they're like the people that created paper. They're the people that created the printing press. They're the people that created the way that, that we do it. That created paper, but created literature. You yeah. Know? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the art, the you art know? form. <laughs> or well, I mean, in Les Paul's case, I I don't I don't know much, but I just know he he like there's invented multi-track recording. He invented sound on sound. So oh, okay. there was Les Paul, you wouldn't have had the Beatles. I mean, you know, huh. uh, and uh, you certainly wouldn't have all those wonderful recordings. So everything there, before know. that was just mono, like a, just a one rec- microphone thing? Sure, yeah, uh, or, you know, more than one microphone, but the recording was all done at once. You couldn't go back and lay down another track. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, or, or do sound on sound. And then that was, that was Les Paul's great invention was, you know, he thought, you know, what if you could do sound on sound? You know, he had one of the first uh, reel-to-reel tape recorders, and that's when he came out. And he had Ampeg, Ampex built him, build him an, an eight-track, um, you know, record uh, or uh, a recording setup. He called it the Octopus. Yeah, yeah, and, totally. Uh, like, um, so, so let's let um, okay. like let's let's um. Let's bring it back. I want. I want to get back to like um, f- thinking about uh, focusing on on like what you've experienced in your lifetime. And the last thing that kind of comes to mind is uh, how you, um, like, what was there anything that you uh, experienced like like big events like like you know nine eleven or something like that 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 you remember that specific like it was a big news event. You know what were the big big events that you remember like historical events. That you you experienced in your in, in your childhood. I remember I remember John Lennon getting shot. Oh yeah, in, what was that like? Age. Like like, do you remember where you were? So like ten years old, but I mean, I think the impact of it meant more as I got older, especially as I, I mean, yeah, became more of a music fan. And of course, I mean, I love the Beatles. You know, that's something you and I and David and all of us kind of have in common. Cause, but, so um, was that like months and months of like like pictures of John Lennon and like like reporting? Oh, and that, I, well, I think if it had happened now, it would have been more that um, because yeah. the media is so. It's um, a monster. <laughs> um, but no, I, I wouldn't say that. But I I, I, uh, I do remember you know, and now you know, like if you think about it, I mean, look at look at how good uh, what he he was one of the first people to start, really start using media as a tool. Um, oh yeah, yeah. To spread his message, yeah, totally. 
I mean, and, and consciously using it. As a, I mean, he would have loved the Internet, I think. Uh, I think he would have really. Uh, but, it, you know, he was just, he wrote a song, that, you know, said, imagine all the people living life in peace. You know, I mean, you know, <laughs> had a person live that says stuff like that, you know, I mean. So. Yeah. But anyway, that, yeah, I remember that being pretty significant as a young uh, child. I remember uh, the I was home when the Challenger blew up. Oh, wow. That was pretty significant, I think. Uh, you know, uh, I remember Reagan getting shot, but that wasn't a major. Yeah, because <laughs> he, like he, he didn't even he didn't even he die. I, I don't remember where I was. I do remember when I was where I was when the um, when the space shuttle blew up because I was watching it live. I was watching. I watched it when it happened. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, that, that's interesting. Yeah, that, I, I think I heard about that. Like, like half of the schools in the United States were wa- all watching the Challenger live, you know what I mean? And and I, what's I that? Six, yeah, and it was January 28th, January 20th, 1986. And I remember, you know, because five years later, my, uh, Ian was born on um, January 28th. Oh, that's so. funny. Yeah, you're 16, so yeah, you were in high school then, right? Huh? You were in high school. Yeah, I would have been, uh, I was in, uh, I guess it would have been my uh, sophomore year of high school. Yeah, so does that make sense that everybody would have been watching it on TV? Yeah, I mean, uh, it was it was a very, it was a watched event. I mean, a lot of people were watching, I mean, not everybody, you know, because Space, uh, space Shuttle had been launched enough times, it's kind of like, kind of like a pile 13, you know. It's old, uh, old news. You know, there wasn't a lot of, uh, I mean, I mean, I think there was probably more people watching it than, uh than Apollo 13 but but most but like what I heard was like but especially you could think of a lot of uh, schools would have been playing it you know what I mean like it's a it's a place where it's where you have a lot of people gathered and and obviously that'd be a good place to to play it and so I hear you know there was tons of school children that just watched you know the challenger blow up and then all the teachers kind of had to handle that you know what I mean (laughs) well yeah and when I was uh uh, when I was a kid, I mean, that kind of um, loved the space shuttle. I loved the whole space program. I grew up, and you know, as a child in the in the seventies, you know, watching the footage from the moon landings, you know, and and just being fascinated by. It. I wanted to be an astronaut. You know, oh, what do you want to grow up to be? I want to grow up to be an astronaut. And, uh, yeah, yeah, totally. Kind of, you know, that was kind of the, uh, I remember we went, and you can ask, probably ask mom about it, I don't know if she'll remember, but I had, I got the spatial technical manual. <laughs> and it was it was cool, man. I mean, they had all these three-layer fold-out pages, you know, with all kinds of schematics, and uh, they had, the, you know, the, the, the cockpit. Uh, the robot arm and all that stuff, man. I mean, it, it was cool, man. Yeah. yeah. I remember watching um, um, Enterprise, the space shuttle, you know, the test shuttle, they, they, the Enterprise, uh-huh. at Grandma's house because she was in, Moog was involved in the space shuttle project. Oh, and, okay. Yeah, Mo- Moog's, you know, Moog's a factory up in, up in Alma that uh, we're kind of close yeah, yeah, that they that a, they they do like uh, airplane technology and stuff like that. Yeah, mostly hydraulics. You know, the flaps and the um, you know stuff like that. That uh, you know you need to run a plane or knock down the landing gear and stuff like that. And her uh, grandma so they, worked there. 
up working on that, and, and I remember we were watching it, you know, watching the shuttle land where they they uh, uh, rode piggyback on a big old 747, a modified 747, and they, uh, you know, dropped it off there so it could land, you know. Yeah. And yeah. Proof of concept that it could work. And, and we remember watching that and her getting excited. So I, I always loved, you know, space shuttle was, was a big deal. And, and then, you know, in 86 when that, when that happened, it was kind of the end of that. I mean, you know, not to say that, you know, it was the end of the kind of naivete about it, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, it, it wasn't, it, it no longer was really a fantasy after that. You know, that's reality that those people could die at any time. And then on top of that, it ended up being a, as it came out later, that it ended up being a, a just a whole series of management um, first that caused those people to die. Totally a national tragedy, man. And, you know, and so it kind of brought the reality of NASA, you know, it's uh, something called groupthink in management where if if everybody agrees to something, then it, uh, even if it's not the right answer, because nobody will speak up, you know what I mean? Yeah. That uh, yeah. speak up, that, uh, that it becomes, you know, they, they make bad decisions. And groupthink is responsible for a lot of bad decisions that, you know, just because a group reason something doesn't mean it's necessarily the right decision and maybe they're pressured by the rest of the group to keep your mouth shut and that was kind of what happened with the whole yeah group group think is like like the church you know group think is is like um a a, a dogma that that uh it's supposed to you know um uh kind of uh control the masses with and and quelch quelch individual individualistic thought whereas you know you you might you might get a lot of great things that come out of group group thinking but uh you need the the individual that 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 will be that that one person that just happens to see it you know i mean he he's not special or anything he just happens to see it and he's got to say you know you know i'm seeing something that you're not seeing you know i just happen to be the one person looking this direction right you know they need to have any one of these individuals need to be able to stop the process and say, hey, wait a minute, we need to stop. You yeah. know, and then and they, they need to be at least somebody at the helm that uh, will, will be, well, you know, hey, wait a minute. But like, um, I remember, and then this, this a little bit off topic, I guess. Not that, <laughs> not that we're, we really have a topic. But um, the Japanese said, or the Japanese uh, idea, like in manufacturing, uh, that, that they brought up... Uh, quality control quite a bit and even in you know we copied it in our own manufacturing with like automobiles you know where anybody on the line there was this like this you know this string or whatever uh, a button and anybody on the line could stop the whole line of cars if they saw one mistake and they, they weren't um you talking the about idea was you, you weren't chastised for it you weren't you know ridiculed or or made to feel uh if you about it, you were you were rewarded for catching a mistake because then the, you know that raised the quality. Of your I, yeah, I heard about that. That was um, that was a huge problem with uh, GM for a little while because they did they they would ju- they would just say get the, keep the line going, keep the line going, keep the line going, and then and then they'd have to ha- they'd have this guy that would have to take apart these cars to fix problems. You know what I mean? And and uh, post post assembly line, and uh, so it was actually the Japanese. I, did you say the Japanese? Yeah, it was the Japanese. It was it was the Japanese that that 
came up with it and they had these like these pleasant tones you know and so when you pressed it it would go do do you know and and then and then the, you'd hear the the massive line just go Jam! you know the whole line just just makes this huge crashing halt you know and then um and then they'll point out an error you know and they fix it right there and then that makes the process of, you don't have to take the freaking thing apart to fix them anymore gotcha yeah, yeah, yeah. I I heard about. I mean, that was during the real low days. Like like basically, GM was drunk on its success because it had no competition for like ten twenty years, and they had people that were drinking on the job. You know, they had they had completely like lack of management. It was it was ridiculous. And then the quality of cars that were built in this country in the seventies and eighties were terrible. I mean, you know, yeah, I mean, really, yeah. they didn't really come out of it until. I mean, honestly, I think that carried over. Until um, uh, through through the eighties and nineties, really. I mean, I don't think you start seeing the quality of American cars really start to improve until the nineties. Yeah. And, uh, and now I would say, I mean, I think ironically enough that uh, GM uh, came out of this whole, you know, the government takeover thing, and they, and they came out of it smelling like a rose. Really, I think. Uh, yeah, I mean, I got a GM now. I got a Chevy, and it's a really nice car. It's a equal- yeah. Um, they, you know, they, the GM products are, are actually really good cars anymore, you know. So. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they, they got the Volt, which is actually a pretty impressive car, too. Right, sure. I mean, and, and you know, that was because of government innovation, not or government intervention, not because, not in spite of government. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah. Everybody likes to scream socialism yeah i I mean there it's like it's oh it is a give and take but i mean it definitely as far as the 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 car bailouts it it um it definitely uh is looking like it it turned out for the best and and i think all those loans are now paid back anyways with interest bm uh is paid back i don't know about Chrysler and, yeah, and Chrysler kind of embarrassed uh, Chrysler Chrysler's got you know um Chrysler's got good cars or, or good trucks and good Jeep or they got the trucks the Jeeps and the the um vans everything else is like shit as far as I I'm concerned I don't know they got the um you know uh they're they're bad they're big into the cop car market now I see oh yeah that's like that's like the Mac and uh you know and 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 schools thing yeah, I mean, well, I mean, it seemed like back in the 80s, you know, you'd always see a uh, highway patrol, especially up in New York, they were always Dodge diplomats, you know. Huh. And then... Uh, then, the, then they every, all turned into Ford... Ford... Uh, uh, Victoria, Gr- Ford Crown, Vic- Crown Victoria. Crown Victoria or the Mercury Grand Marquis, the same car, basically. Right, yeah, but no, they they didn't do a police pack. In fact, all those Crown Vicks were made in Canada, up in Windsor, I think. <laughs> kind of ironic. Um... Though it is still North America, yeah, um, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I know Canada does do a lot of that car manufacturing too. Uh, Canada is practically an extension of the United States. Really, I mean, they're like a suburb of the United States. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That happens to have its own jurisdiction, which is uh, connected to to Britain. Um, 
Yeah, totally, man. Oh man, it's so easy to go out. I mean, it's like a world of things, but I'm I'm enjoying this. You know, I, I I like to tell people that you know a lot of the interviews is just it's for my own personal love. And and if and if you like to join the conversation, you know, it, it is it is kind of fun to pass the time. But um, uh, another uh, thing with I I want to go right. One last thing I wanted to talk about was um I think would really dive into I uh, like maybe uh, maybe this might be too raw for what you might be prepared for. But I was hoping to talk a little bit about how your childhood was in, in sense of the household, you know, like like how many times, how many, how many, just to put a little perspective, how many school districts did you go to before you well before you got to Holland? Uh, I, I haven't counted in a while. I think it was like thirteen schools. Could you could you kind of like like just just really quickly like say like this school where it was, this school where it was, blah blah blah. Like in kindergarten, I went to a place in in New York, in, in uh, you know, blah blah blah, just a little. Uh, out in Alexander, and for kindergarten and part of first grade. Then Alexander, we New up, York. Right, and then I ended up in, um, um, I guess it would have been uh, Bradenton, Florida. Um, that area briefly, and, and this is you know again this you know I think they finished first grade in Bradenton, and then we were in. Um, 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 dad was working at the Mayaca, Florida. I briefly went to, I think it was second grade, maybe six, eight weeks there. Uh, so that, what is that, three? And then, yeah. Uh, then we went back uh, up to Kenmore for a little while. Kenmore. Uh, mom moved, you, you know, mom split up, uh, with dad for a brief period. And then, so that was, so that was maybe six, eight weeks there. Then back down to Florida. Five. Uh, and that would have been in Gainesville area. Okay. Five, and then uh, then it was Archer, six. Where's that? Uh, it's it's a suburb of, well, it's a town around Gainesville. Yeah. Archer, Florida, and then, um, gosh. Um It's, it's kind of hard to remember. It's, uh, yeah, totally. I mean, so it's, it's, it's basically a blur of, of New York and Florida mostly. Great, I think we did Archer or something like that. Yeah. Then we were out in Raquel. So, so, thir- so, so you're on number six and you've only done third grade at this point. Yeah, yeah. there was like five or six schools. Seven, uh, seven <laughs> you know, then uh, we, we ended up in, uh, I think... Um, When we were out in Rochelle, we were in one school district there. So that would have been so seven, eight, seven or eight, and then um, and then we ended up in uh, I think it was Alachua, which is another suburb of Florida. So that would have been nine. Um, then back to New York, we were in uh, Iroquois School District briefly. Ten. Jesus. Um, back then to Holland schools. Uh, Eleven, so maybe it was twelve schools because then I was in Texas for a while um, when I lived with uh, Anne and Reed. Uncle Reed, yeah. And uh, and then back uh, to Holland. Back to Holland. So that I think. Well, it was twelve or thirteen or something like that. Thirteen transitions or whatever. Yeah, totally. So, so man, I mean, and anyone. I was, you know, it was in Holland. I was, uh, you know, from fifth grade. You know, most of fifth grade, six, seventh, eighth, yeah. ninth, 
and then uh, ninth, tenth, and then my junior year I was in Texas, and then back in Holland for ninth. So I mean, how was it like being? I mean, what what was the place? I mean, how long was the longest time you've been into school? At one, um, Holland would have been the longest. It was on and off, you know, seven years or so. I think I spent seven different. So most of the majority was like like uh, before like like seven years. So so like like sixth grade and below, more or less. Yeah, the most change was back then. Yeah, and yeah, so you were the new. Yeah, yeah. When I was born, I you know I ended up uh, or, or I, I when I ended up going to school, it was probably during the time when our parents became more stable, and uh, so I I just ended up going to Attica and Fillmore, which two other districts. I mean, outside of the ones you mentioned, uh, uh, James was just on the cusp of going to Holland. He he went there for a little bit. So so James and Sarah went to three schools, and I or James, Sarah went to two, James went to three, I went to to dave dave i don't know how well he, he could tell me how many but uh but yeah you've definitely got the brunt of that shit so i mean how did it feel to be the new guy that often i mean you were young but i mean were, i mean were you malleable enough as a kid to just kind of go with it yeah I, I hated it i really i hated school i hated it i hated every you know i mean there there's a handful of good memories in school most most of school i hated yeah i hated regretted it i had a lot of anxiety you know I mean, it, was, yeah. it wasn't good. You know, most people, well, I want to get, you know, what about your high school reunion stuff? It's like, you know, outside of a handful of people, I really don't give a shit whether I see those people again ever, you yeah. know? So, I mean, if anybody from Holland School, uh, from my era, is that listen to this, um, well, uh, you know, no offense. But I don't... <laughs> I, well, I, I, I doubt that, you know, that would be much of offense because those same people that you don't give a shit about seeing it won't give a shit about seeing you. You probably. know, there are, there are some nice people on that, and I am Facebook friends with some of them, and there are some very, uh, you know, you can tell that they grew up to be nice people, but, you know, um, I guess, uh, somebody said, you know, uh, who was it that said, we are, we are what high school made us. Uh, yeah. So we're, we're always the person that high school made it. So. Yeah. Well. Know, well. Know. Maybe. Maybe it's more like the culmination of what we've be, what we've experienced up to that point. You know, high school might be where we are, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's particularly that that high school. I don't have many fond memories of school. Yeah. I, I, uh, I mean, I didn't like school either, but I mean, in my end, it was like on the social end. Was it? I mean, for you, it was probably just like you know, you didn't. It was a lot of it was the social life. A lot of it was. And then, you know, I mean, obvious. Um, I mean, we were always wearing secondhand clothes and, and uh, you know, like 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 just parents that really didn't give us any, any like, uh, like they basically were putting us out to the vultures with, with, with kids, you know what I mean? Like, like putting us out to the vultures with... Um, with with the stuff that kids like like will will you know torture you with you know the stuff that kids will pick on you know they just they, we were we were bait yeah i mean there's some there's some of that i guess, i can i can do that yeah. i it, just you know i i i just don't have many fond memories of going to school i don't uh what about what about your memories of growing up during that time like like what, what were some of the most bizarre times I mean, you don't have to embarrass anyone here, but I mean, like, 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 for instance, you know, I heard like in Florida, <laughs> I mean, you know, your parents were like that, but they just kept having kids, you know, and so, so it got to the point where there was like five, six kids in the same bed or, or five people in the same bed. Yeah, 
um, that was that didn't last very long. Yeah. Me anyway. I mean, I always. Um, I think when we first moved to Gainesville, I, mean, I don't know, seventy-eight or seventy-nine. No, I guess it would have been seventy-eight. Yeah. And we lived in a little, a little trailer, and um, I don't know. I mean, I uh, just ran over to all the same bed, and uh, David peed on me one time, and that was it. I was in my own bed after that. I don't like. <laughs> Yeah, sleeping in someone else's piss. Yeah, totally. I mean, and and so who was all in there? Mom, Dad, you, Bradley, Dave. And, I mean, that was and Sarah and Sarah, right? Sarah came later on. Sarah came in '79. Yeah, and and so, but she was in a, a baby during all that time, or or no, she was just after. Uh, the, well, with the the incident where I got peed on. <laughs> uh, by David. Yeah. Uh, well, David didn't mean it. Well, of course. I mean, he was he was only a couple years old, right? Eight years old. So it would have been before Sarah was born. Yeah. 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 So 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 there was it was you. So three 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 kids and parents. That was when there were only three of us kids. Yeah, three kids and the parents all in one bed. <laughs> classic classic scene. So I mean, uh, I mean, some some other thing. I mean, wh- what comes to mind? You know, I mean, you you can just just you know, no no necessarily guiding. I mean, does anything come to mind? You know, back those days, something that you know, like like where, you know. Um, I I liked it when we lived back in the woods there uh, when we moved to Rochelle or New Rochelle or whatever it was called. Uh, living back in the woods there, we had kind of a lot of freedom to roam around and play with. You know, play around and uh, um, you know, run around the woods and stuff, and that was that was neat. But you know, as far as school related, I honestly, I I just don't I don't have that many fond memories of being in school. I mean, a lot of people like they're nostalgic for their high school days or their grade school days for their whole life. Not at all. So, like, you, though you don't have fond memories, what are some of your memories? What are some of my memories? Yeah, whether they be fond or not. Gosh. I, mean, I don't know. I remember walking home from first grade when we lived in Bradenton, and the kid we were with started a fire on the railroad track. Started a fi- fire on the railroad tracks? Yeah, all the grass <laughs> on the railroad track. Started a big old fire, a bunch of fire trucks. My mom would probably remember that. Oh, yeah, yeah I bet. He but- had matches. What 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 was it like? You know, what was was it depressing back then? I mean, was I mean, I I I mean, I know I kind of have an experience, but I figure you you have a different experience. You know, you're you're 13 years older than me. You know, and and I, I mean, it's almost as if you guys were almost like you you Dave were almost like un- uncles. You know, Dave maybe a little less so, but I mean, you you definitely had a detachment from the rest of us. You know, you were almost like our our uncle. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, I was out of the house. You guys were really that old. Um, I don't know. It was just. Um, um, I, I mean, I could. I, know, I mean, I. I, I could explain I, our, my experience. You know, so maybe I that'll. Was, yeah, go ahead. I was pretty much happy a kid. It just, you know, um, school was just kind of like. Uh, I was pretty sensitive, I guess. Well, like a lot of kids, maybe could rub that off, but I, I just never understood why, why kids would be mean. Yeah. 
Yeah, totally. I mean, I had the same feeling, you know, like I, I, kids would always be mean. I would always, I'd be kind of like, I, I would get it. I would get what parents were saying, you know, they, they would make these rules and they made sense. They were, they were good, safe rules, but there's always some, some jackass kid that would, you know, are generally kids in general that would always kind of pull the, pull the leadership thing. Like he would, he would start like, you know, saying, no, I don't know. I, I'm, you know, acting out. And then he'd have a group of kids that would like to do what he's doing, you know? And I, I would, and, and so, obviously you know most of the kids it's like a natural thing they want to they want to connect with each other they want to play and when they when they get bad it's like this this rush they get but i just never never was into it i liked what the teacher was saying i wanted to learn you know and everything and it it really made it hard you know because i wasn't interested in any of the shit they were interested in it was it was juvenile i want i wonder what's why we had kind of like i don't know i i can't say i i think later on in in high school i got more rebellious because i i wanted to i think i wanted i was hungry to be accepted by people you know yeah because i'd always i'd been shunned a lot yeah, yeah, yeah. That well, same here. I mean, what, basically puberty. You know, basically the point where you just, after post puberty, I just was like, all right, now I now I gotta now 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 I gotta you know try to actually you know win some people over. May I gotta start you know take you know dressing better. I gotta start. Uh, Hang, you know, yeah, yeah, like wanting and yeah, and that brings out rebelliousness. Rebelliousness, you know. But I mean, you know, uh, it's just, um, you know, um, again, I, I just, uh, I, I don't. It's, um, I, I guess, I, I, I uh, was, uh, you know, trying to rebellious, maybe just try and fit in with some group, and it wasn't necessarily healthy, you know. Yeah. So I got involved with kids that weren't necessarily good influence on me, and maybe I was a bad influence on some other kids. You know? Yeah. But I, I don't know. I just. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I was just too hungry for acceptance, I guess. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, that's 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 totally natural. But as as it is, it's kind of interesting. Maybe you know how like during that age, it's like the industrious age. I think some psychologists have have described it kind of like between the age of uh, five to about um, puberty, five to about eleven, twelve. You basically are very obedient. You know, you you basically kind of like. Um, uh, you you pretty much accept things for what they are. You don't question anything, and so so you're pretty good at just kind of doing what they people say. And so like for for us, I think that kind of made us you you know for most kids, it kind of puts them kind of in their parents' pocket. You know, like like it's um uh so so I could imagine you know that we were just like our influence from our parents. If if, if anything, you could say. That really is a kind of interesting dualism that we have is that our parents are so irresponsible in some ways, but yet also they were always good people. They were always, you know, good to people and that rubbed off onto us. They never really taught us anything through, through like, like real, like, 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 you know, what you would think of classic teaching, they taught us through just the way they behaved themselves. And mom and dad were just generally good people. You know, they never, never did any drugs or alcohol or anything. They always, uh, you know, I mean, you know, they always had food for us and everything, but it's just that, you know, they, they never really took care of us in the in the financial ways they never really um got had that down and so that 
that was really the, the, the kind of dualism is that we were so good and like not very characteristic of very poor impoverished people, you know, but yet we also were very poor and impoverished. It, we, we had this very interesting dualism going on that was, that was not, not very common. I, I suppose there's some validity to that. I mean, I, but I mean, I, I think, uh, the period where I grew up that mom and dad were both so pretty immature themselves. I mean, if you look at, I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, they, they, they were kids. By the time my mom, by the time mom and dad were my age, I was gone. You know, I was out of the house. So they, they in a lot of ways, they kind of grew up any more than uh, I did with my own children because I had my own children when we were so young. So, but, yeah. Um, so, you know, dad always kind of liked to say that uh, they made their mistakes on me, you know, joking around and stuff. But, it's kind of true, right? I mean, I'm not going to sit here and, and, and blame my parents for my miserable life or anything like that because that's just a dead end, too. But. Yeah, and, and I, see, that's the thing. Like, it never really is that, you know what I mean? Like, like, like they never did anything intentionally, you know, and, and it's it's not really for that, that to blame. It was just the kind of circumstances. But for the most part, you know, where education was always put forth in our family you know uh was 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 emphasis was important and like we always felt proud to be smart and we proud to to for you know as far as education and the goals and stuff like that and so so i i always thought it was you know we had we had good kind of moral like um foundation and we had a good educational foundation in our household i think those are the two things and that really goes a long way um where we lack is like we don't have very good organization skills and i think that's something that we have to kind of find on our own yeah but that may be you know um you know nowadays they, they say add or adhd or whatever yeah know, maybe, maybe that's what we have we're just not diagnosed and maybe i mean to even diagnose it maybe it's just a common thing I mean, because it sounds like, okay, isn't that just, just normal human behavior, you know? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, in some ways, you know. But uh, I remember I hated doing homework. Uh, yeah. Hated it. Yeah, totally. totally. I think too much emphasis is put on it in education. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's like fucking, it's like a, a bunch of fucking people acting smart. You know what I mean? I hate seeing people that just kind of, they don't say anything original. They're just repeating shit that they heard, but they, they're really good at it, you know? And, and so, I mean, they're the perfect student, but not necessarily the perfect innovator or, or really that smart at all. Well, I mean, I suppose you could argue that uh, half our conversation was that. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, to- totally. It's spon- spon- well, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, obviously, knowledge is all like based on other people. Yeah, it's true. I mean, I, I think, I think it's it, we aren't the people that made that smart stuff. We were just kind of reporting on it or talking about it. It's true. I'm not, I, I, but, but then again, um, I think that uh, that our, <laughs> you know, it, it is true. It is true. We're kind of doing it too. I, 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 I have to admit, we are. It, it, it's, 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 but, but. Maybe it's harder. Yeah, maybe I should just uh, listen back. <laughs> I'm getting totally deflated here. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, I mean, anybody can say that. I mean, you know, but um, I think that um, 
I don't know. I, I don't think it's good to teach children that they're better than other children. I, I don't think yeah. that's good. Yeah, uh, that – see, this is this is where – I don't think we're afraid to ask questions. I think that's the big thing. It's like a lot, a lot of um, um, things out there. It's like uh, that want that like make it kind of embarrassing to ask questions. No one wants. Everyone wants to act like they know everything. I guess that's the case. And and so I think that I generally don't. I mean, I I I think I you know in my weak points I I try to I act like that. Yes, but then again. I think that I generally have more um, of an ability to ask questions that might make me sound stupid, especially to someone that's been doing it forever. But I just got to ask it because I just don't understand. You know what I mean? And and to be af- afraid to do that, to be afraid to show someone that you don't understand something is, is ridiculous. I mean, I hate I hate that. I mean, and I hate the social pressures that make me want to not to 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 go away from that. You know what I mean? Well, not to not to develop, not to go into politics, but I think that there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of that, you know, uh, especially these days. That if you don't think like I do, therefore you're the other and you're the enemy, and I should I'm supposed to hate you. And I think there's a lot more of that going on nowadays than there should be. I think. Uh, yeah, well, that's you know, always been going on. I know, but I mean, you look at the last just. Well, you're 30 now, so you've been. Uh, or you're going on 30. So you've been an adult, legal adult, since and for for about ten up, years. Twelve years, so that you've lived through to, uh, you know, as an adult, you've been through two uh, presidential elections and um, well, three. But but I, I don't know. I mean, um, I don't know what kind of where I'm going with it, but I think that there's there there seems more divisiveness. Than, than ever, and I think that the older I get, maybe the the more uh, retrospective and mature that I get, the less I, I identify myself with a political party. Because oh yeah, yeah, you know, I think it all comes down to they're working for the same bosses anyway. Yep, know? yep, yep. I agree. Yeah, and um, same, I mean, like, course, like they... whether or not I think that all this finger pointing and I hate you because you're conservative or you hate me because I'm liberal or vice versa. I think any intellectual, any thinking person when you look at the fact, you make up your own mind. I mean, every, any uh, intelligent person is going to say, well, you know, not just toe the party line, but they're going to evaluate it and say, well, you know, I don't feel that way about this particular subject, you know. Yeah, and, 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 and generally, you in, know, in, I mean, like, uh, if you care about the environment, then some group wants to call you a tree hugger. Well, isn't that what conservation is? Mm-hmm. And what's the root of conservation, right? Yeah. Conservative? Yep. You want to conserve your resources? Yeah, exactly. It's it's basically twisted. You know, it's, you have to take a side somewhere. You know, and um, and that also kind of affects education. Like you know how there's always the nature nurture argument, and there's always some some crazy f- fucking doctor out there that that's like the leader of the the nature. Everything's nature. There's no nurture. Blah blah blah. You know, and then there's the other person that it's all nurture, not nature. You know, when everyone knows that it's a combination of the two. You you know, everyone knows that it that um, yeah that it's a combination of the two. I mean, it, it's that 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 it, it's just bullshit, and, and and really those those extremes maybe serve some sort of purpose and maybe getting things done, you know, but they definitely are not uh, naturally what we we sh- should be thinking. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, uh, 
Um, and that's that's actually kind of the point, you know, it's getting things done. I mean, that that's actually I kind of delved into it a little bit last podcast. I talked about politics in a sense that really we don't understand that politics st- goes from the bottom up. You know, it, it it starts at like the town, county, uh, state, then federal. You know, like um, and and so really, if you think about it, it really goes down to how do you live your life day to day. Really, I mean, you might call yourself a liberal or or, or a, a Democrat in the glo- in the national stage, you know, like you you root for your team, you know, whatever. But really, right. how do you live your daily life? I mean, you, you're it's, you're pretty much pragmatic with your daily life because your daily life is you're forced to be amongst all the the different sides, and you just you know you you basically make the best choice for your situations. You know, I never make a choice based on which political party I'm on. And, and, and then, and then that's basically where you get into local politics, you know, and, and where things actually get done that might actually affect you, you know what I mean? Which might actually have some effect in your pretty much day to day life. We're not even, no one knows who represents them in your town. No one knows who represents them in like their County. No one even knows what they, they do. You know what I mean? Like, like that, we all get obsessed with the, the, the big, you know, uh, presidential races and stuff like that and really they, they're they're not very meaningful to the day-to-day person but yet they also but then again that is also kind of our vote towards something meaningful in the global sense but it definitely like we we definitely miss the point in and what really affects us day-to-day and we get caught up in this this like um this this whole game of of like sports calling you know sports it's basically the same shit you listen to those political junkies they're just basically calling it's like calling horses horse races you know they're just uh the right right go ahead not a horse race everybody everybody uh you know oh we want to throw our lot in with the winner you know it's not about that you know yeah and that they make it about that i think that that um i think that the 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 bosses or the owners or whatever that are actually running the show (laughs) (laughs) you know Want us to think that they want us to think that you know your vote for uh, Barack Obama or, or uh, whoever else. What, what was his name? Um, <laughs> uh, Mitt Romney. You know, Mitt Romney. You know, or, like or like John McCain. Would it really matter who got in there? Honest to God, would it have really mattered? It really wouldn't have. I, I don't think in the long run. And if you look at, uh, I mean, he, everybody wants to scream about how bad uh, Obama is, but um, whatever, man. I mean, if you look at Bush's policies, uh, how. You know, it, it's just it, it's it's stupid. It's just you know, um, I don't know. I, I I don't think that I don't think frankly I don't think that Obama's any better a president than George W. Bush was. Yeah, uh, I don't know that he's worse. <laughs> but but basically, it, it doesn't make much of a difference. Yeah, basically, you know, we put we 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 get uh, this idea that the president it, is like it's this. It's all about that they're not my group. They're the uh, yeah. they're the enemy. Yeah, it's know, it's a complete it's a completely group. created thing, and it gets people fucking riled up too. That's dangerous, you know. Right. And meanwhile, the criminals that are really running the country, they see us all pointing the finger and hating each other. Then we're not gonna, you know, distract. Then, then dis- they, then we're distracting that. We're we're getting distracted right. while they while they take everything. Right, right. I got to change phones here. Hey, listen, uh, the, the conversation is going on two hours here, so we we need to think about wrapping this thing. Yeah, up. yeah, yeah. So, definitely. So, so, um, so basically, I'll, I'll play play the mind game and then then see you off. Um, okay. But uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. Um, all right. Are you ready to play it? 
Uh, as ready as I'm going to be. <laughs> okay. Right. Well, I mean, it's, uh, uh, I, I, well, anyways. Okay. So, so I'm going to say a word and I'll give you 15 seconds. Here we go. Ready? Okay. Ready? Yeah. Um, basketball. Okay. Stop. Uh, Cheech and Chong. Cheech and Chong. How did you get there? Yeah, because the basketball Jones song. Basketball Jones song. Okay, so you just did one connection. Yeah, you're probably pretty distracted right now. Um, yeah. But either way, yeah. Okay, mind game fun. You want? All um, right. You want to do another one? I'll tell. Oh one. no 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 no. I mean definitely, but but I I just I'll, I'll just make this quick. Um, so yeah, I, screw the mind game. Um, I uh, I thank you very much for for doing this. I I, I think uh, I think it was fun. I think it's fun to okay. like just just kind of you know uh, set aside some time to. To, to, to have a, a you know just a conversation about about anything and so so I thank okay. you very much and, and so I a big goodbye and, and thanks a lot and I love you Todd all right love you too Joel all talk right talk to you soon give your family a big hug and kiss okay? yeah and expect this uh, this right. this will be out next Sunday okay all right have fun editing <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, all right. you bet all right see you bye all right bye all right wow that was quite a conversation. Uh, very well mic'd, I have to say that. Uh, but either way, man, I had a hard time kind of, um, oh, my, I, 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 it was, I had a hard time kind of keeping where this thing was going, but I loved where it went. I mean, I, I think that, um, you know, I had kind of an idea of talking about being 40, but, but after starting to get into what we got into, I thought that, you know, um, what what am I thinking? There's kind of a part of it that you just kind of have to let go of where it was. And, and we, we had, you know, yeah, gone about two hours on the conversation. And I, I just love it. I love how it goes so fast. And uh, Todd was, I think, having a great time, you know. Um, I, you know, conversation... And especially like kind of like in this format, it kind of draws out, um, just, just uh, draw, draws, draws out like like i think a good interview can draw out people's interests and uh or just a good conversation you know you draw more and more out of a person making the person want to talk more and and it's fun i mean i could do it for hours and hours you know but uh it, then you got to think about the balancing of um of of you know keeping it keeping it within time limits and 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 kind of having a flow to it and it's so hard but but i, I think that this i don't think i need to do too much editing i think it, it's similar to um to kind of where where it was in other conversations like with dan and chris and scott i i never really had to to um edit much because they really are just just flowing conversations it's kind of like i feel like it's a radio show you know in a radio show you don't have a chance to to edit too much and i i and i think um the podcast nowadays that stream they uh that is that is kind of what it's like, you know, if they're streaming, then they, they have to be live. And so, so, you know, you get what you get, you get what you get, excuse me. So I, I was drinking a black and tan just by, by the way, uh, uh, Yungling black and tan. And I, 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 it's the one, uh, macro brew quote unquote macro brew that I, I still drink nowadays. Uh, if I, I want just something light, I'll get a Yungling black and tan. Uh, so, um, well, I hope you enjoyed yourselves. 
we are signing off. <laughs> oh, what a day. I was up at 5 this morning, and now, what time is it? 10.35. Oh. <laughs> uh, the release. Go off into this world, make it a better place. Shine your light upon another face. Dream dreams that take you far away. Come back when you're ready for the beautiful morning. Good night.